0: Welcome to the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Wooland. This podcast is for frustrated men and women who think they've tried everything to lose body fat and aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals. I'm gonna give you clear, actionable steps to cut through all the bullshit in the industry, focus on what actually works, and dominate every aspect of your life. Now let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is another live in the tribe Q&A where members of my free Facebook group get to ask me questions and I just literally answer the questions live. I don't put a lot of edits into these um, because this is just kind of how I talk and this is how I coach people and this is how I answer questions. So it's just very much like how I am and, and who I am and how I like to talk now in this episode. The questions that were asked is how to prioritize your diet around your calories, macros, and timing, food timing, carb cycling versus calorie cycling and benefits and pros and cons to each, the effects of poor sleep, what to do after a hernia surgery, protein shakes and smoothies, whether or not they're a good idea for you, categorizing exercises for men and women, how to progress your training intelligently. Bringing up weak points and how to structure your programming to focus on them, depending on the split that you're using, as well as targeting rear delts versus traps. How much water is too much water and whether or not your injury is your rotator cuff and things to consider when looking for other possibilities. So hope you really love this episode. And if you're not in Tom, the trainer's tribe, check out the description of this episode as the link will be in there and you can get your own questions answered. Enjoy the episode. Let's do this. Lots of comments. Okay. So Shauna is asking how much water is too much water? Um, When it comes to your water intake, water is extremely important. Like if you think about it, our muscles are a high percentage of water, right? So our muscle, like the anatomy of a muscle is actual muscle tissue, water, and then carbohydrates, right? So, and carbohydrates. So the water is extremely important because the anatomy of a muscle is water, muscle tissue and carbohydrates. So, it's important to get a lot of water in, right? Um, how much is too much water? I've drank, I drink like upwards of six liters of water per day, and I don't have any negative effects. In fact, it increases my energy. I feel great. I sleep well, uh, especially if I shut my water down early. Uh, you know, like I slow down my water intake when it gets later in the evening. But I, I drink like six liters of water per day, and I'm fine. How much is too much water? Um, A lot of water in a short amount of time can cause for you to be ill. Like there's an old like water challenge, Um, but I did. I don't know if any, raise your hand if you did this in in high school, the water challenge. You had to drink like two liters of water in like under a minute or something like that. And then everybody just winds up throwing it up. So too much water in a short amount of time is going to be hard. You won't be able to keep it down. But I drink upwards of six liters of water. I think like when it comes to this, I honestly don't know but i have drank upwards of 10 liters of water getting ready for a photo shoot which really just kind of like it it dries you out because you're flushing it out and stuff like that so like i will say this like there should be a little bit of color to your urine and if there isn't a little bit of color to your urine then i would say like might be drinking a little bit too much but Um, especially in the morning, right? Like if you're waking up in the morning and you're urinating and it's still really, really clear, then you're really kind of flushing everything out of your system. It's kind of like a little bit of a complicated question because sodium intake matters with this, right. And, and things like that. So I hope that helps. Um, I think it's hard to drink too much water because I have clients who, you know, and I know people who have a hard time drinking like upwards of four liters of water. So I think it's pretty hard to drink too much water. But I drink upwards of six liters of water, at least four, and often six liters of water nearly every single day. So was that helpful, everybody? Just comment helpful in the chat. Okay. So next question here is for Dave. Dave has a rotator cuff injury. Can I keep must uh, keep working the muscles around it without segregating it and letting it heal. So when it comes to injuries, I have a podcast specifically on how I like to approach injuries. It's um, how to manage injuries. I believe it's podcast episode number 13 and um, it's a thought process of how to look at injuries. Now, obviously, you should always seek some form of like medical advice when it comes to like a medical practitioner's advice when it comes to an injury. I think like, yes, it's good to see a doctor. Um, but I also think that like, if, unless it's like something that is structural, that would maybe take like a surgery, then like, I think a really good idea is to see a physiotherapist. Now, when it comes to rotator cuff injuries, often, It could be something else that presents similar to a rotator cuff injury. So, for example, sometimes we have ribs that don't move well, and our shoulder blade is supposed to glide over our ribs. And then when a rib's not moving well, because it's supposed to move, it's attached to your spine and your your rib cage is very dynamic, and there's a lot of movement in your rib cage. If it's not moving well and it's getting stuck, you will feel... Something similar to what could be a rotator cuff injury. So you can look up a video uh, by Kelly Sturette called Sticky Ribs. And he walks through a way to assess to find out if like, it is ribs and then how to address it. Um, I've helped many clients with this in the past. And um, it's quite common for it to happen. It feels kind of pinchy. Right, And if you really try to take in like a really big, deep breath, if, if the rib's really not moving, you can, you can feel it in the front of your sternum as well. And then if that's the case, if that's the case, then sometimes doing something like getting a lacrosse ball, or I even prefer a softball, and finding the rib that's not moving, and you'll know when you find it because it, it, it lets you know. Uh, and then going through movements with pressure on the softball um and and getting that rib to free up a little bit so you want to make sure it's a rotator cuff injury if it's a rib issue then sticky ribs by kelly surrett on youtube phenomenal for that Um, he's one of the providers that i took my first certification through and it was absolutely game-changing um so i hope that helps Dave. A.J. says that his back teeth are floating. <laughs> A.J. is drinking lots of water. And um, uh, Nathan is asking, is carbonated water okay? So sometimes when we're having a hard time drinking water, going to a carbonated source can actually be detrimental because carbonated, the like carbonation creates gas, right? And then now you're going to be extra full from the water that you're consuming because of the gas and the carbonation also carbonated water can I believe I don't drink a lot of it but I believe has like a high sodium level in it which can or cannot be a big deal it depends on what your diet is right if your diet is full of a lot of processed foods and there's already a lot of sodium then having excess sodium excessive sodium in your diet is not really a great idea Uh, but often like sodium gets a bad rap because processed foods in the North American diet. But if you're eating healthy, like sodium is actually a very important mineral that we need. And that's why like they put out salt licks and stuff for animals on, in, in farms. Right. Um, So you got to be careful for sodium and sometimes sodium, some people have a tendency where blood pressure can be increased by sodium intake and they have like it's almost like you could compare it to like a lactose intolerance or something like they have a reaction to sodium um those people are i would say like outliers but often when it comes to sodium it's usually like you've got too much in your diet because you're eating highly processed foods and then you don't want to salt your food but if you're not eating highly processed foods you want to add some salt to your food because you will notice a massive change in your energy levels if you have no sodium in your diet at all. Long answer (laughs) to a question uh, would be like, I think it's detrimental because of the carbonation and it's going to make for you to have to drink less. And if you're having a hard time drinking water, then the carbonation is going to have a negative effect on that outcome. There is a time and place for everything, however, If you're deep into a diet, like photo shoot cut, like getting absolutely diced and you're hungry, sometimes drinking a carbonated drink can help with that because of the carbonation and the gas that it creates. Right. So when I'm deep into a cut, getting ready for a photo shoot, I drink a lot of diet um, pops and diet sodas because they're tasty and they're carbonated, so they're filling. And it prevents me from making worse choices that are going to be detrimental to my goals. Right? So there's a time and place for everything. But those are your pros and cons when it comes to a thought process of drinking carbonated water. That helped, Nathan? So the next question is from Dave. Dave says, what exactly is progressive training and what's the correct way to do it? So let me actually just pull something up here. So, Dave, if you look at, if you wanna have an idea behind progression in training, I have a phenomenal podcast episode That's about how to build a fat loss diet like an award-winning coach. Episode number 11. And it talks about all the different forms of progression in your training. Because progression isn't simple. There's some ways to progress that are better for certain exercises than others. But when it comes to progression in training... What you're trying to do is make your workouts harder over time. Things that you can look at to make your workouts harder over time are going to be things like your rest intervals, your load or the weight on the bar, your repetitions, right? Your training frequency and something that's massively overlooked by not just people in the gym, but trainers is exercise selection. A step up, a lunge and a Bulgarian split squat are all lunge variation exercises, but they all present different levels of difficulty. So when looking at progression in your training, it's not just as simple as reps and sets, right? But look up episode number 11, how to build a diet like an award-winning coach. I made a mistake of not charging my camera (laughs) and it just died on me, so, um, is that helpful Dave? Speaking of water, it's time for me to grab a sip of water or or chug some water. So as a recap, Dave, like progressive training should be all your training, all of your training should be progressive. You should look for ways to increase the difficulty of your training over time. In say like a 12 week program, looking at those variables, reps, sets, rest intervals, load on the bar, um, training frequency, how often you're training as well as exercise selection. And then you can progress intelligently over time on a 12-week program. Then you can start on a new program where you regress. Like you start off with room to progress. And then you continue to implement those principles to progress over time. Okay. So, again, episode number 11, how to build a fat loss diet like an award-winning coach. Um, Bobby is asking best rear delt and trap workouts to build mass okay so actually I'm going to drop my personal profile if you're watching this anywhere but Tom the Trainers Tribe check the link in the description of this live training the link is in the description go join the tribe right now that's also where the Free challenge is going to be held, and if you haven't yet, message me, DM me the word "shred," and we'll get you into the challenge. Also, if you're watching this on YouTube, you heard what I said? Same thing applies. Come join the, come join the challenge. Come join the Kick Ass Facebook community where we're hosting this. All right. So Bobby's asking best rear delt and trap exercises to build mass. So when it comes to the best rear delt and trap workouts to build mass, um, I, when it comes to the best delt rear delt and trap workouts to build mass, I would say like you want to do this in a pull workout, pulling exercises, and then you want to put a focus on the areas that you want to bring up most, okay? So that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is if you're training full body, then you want to have a little bit of a higher volume or focus throughout the course of a week when you're doing a full body training split on those specific areas. A good way to bias those areas in training is to start with those muscles at the beginning of your workout. Same thing if you're doing an upper lower split. If you're doing an upper lower split, you could do it many ways. You could try to put a little bit more volume while not overtraining the muscles in those areas that you're trying to bring up on your upper days. Or you could do upper lower Upper lower, and then you could do a weak point day that's focusing on your rear delts and your traps. So, me personally, what I've been doing for the last little while is training four days per week. I train very intense. Check out my podcast, Hit Training. I'm Hit Training. It talks a little bit about intensity and things like that. Episode number nine. Um, so, I train four days per week, and what I do is I do a push day, a pull day, and a leg day. And then i have a weak point focus day there was a period of time where my weak point focus was um, an extra pull day because i was focusing on my back um and a little bit of biceps and rear delts and then lately i've uh, been doing my weak point focus on shoulders and arms but i still listen to my body like the other day for example i went to do my weak point day and my triceps were still smashed from my push day so i didn't work triceps i just so i just used biceps and shoulders that day right so those are some thought principles in programming when it comes to focusing on specific areas and now i want to get into exercise execution if you train and you, how do I put this? If you train in a way where everything is about strict absolute form, chest up, shoulders back and down, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. That's great. Don't get me wrong with the blah, blah, blah. Like that's great, especially when you're learning the basics. But if you're trying to bias specific muscle groups, muscles do different things. So, for example like when you do a rear delt fly if you're doing a rear delt fly with your shoulders back and flying out you kind of get rear delt but it's mostly traps right so if you're trying to hit your rear delts then you need to actually like protract you try to almost like shorten the ac joint protract and round the upper back and limit your range of motion to not engage the traps okay so your form is gonna be key when it comes to developing those areas. You're gonna get a little bit of rear delt if you just go on a machine and do reverse flies. You're gonna get more rear delt if you get intelligent in the execution and you make sure that you protract and you round your upper back a little bit and you limit the range of motion because the shoulder doesn't come out like the rear delt doesn't pull your arm all the way across your body and then and then like your your scapular your scapula shouldn't move much when you're biasing rear delt now when you're biasing traps you should have a lot of movement in your scapula okay so like i've got a like i've got an exercise that i absolutely love where i put a bench on an incline And I kind of like, I kind of like cave my chest into the bench a little bit. And then what I do is, is I keep my elbows bent a little bit. And I focus on expanding rib cage and squeezing shoulder blades together. It almost looks like a variation of a power fly in reverse. Because my arms aren't straight. I'm keeping a bent arm and I'm expanding the rib cage, but I'm also lengthening the traps because I'm rounding the upper back and it's safe for me to round the upper back because I've got external support from a bench to allow for me to do that safely. I also can do that at times myself, but with lighter weights in a hinge position, like in the bottom of a deadlift, but you got to be really careful that you don't round your lower back when you do that, especially if it's weak. Right. Like I had a serious back injury where I built a core of absolute bricks and steel, you know, exaggerating. But like I did core work every single day, multiple times per day, and I built a core that's extremely strong. That's also why if you look at my um, at my uh, most recent photo shoots, You can see that I don't have a really small waist. Whereas in my work, my first photo shoot, I did have a much more narrow waist. Well, that's because I had a really bad back injury. So I have focused on core strength and muscles grow when you train them. So my abs and my low back extensors and my obliques have grown. It's making my stomach a little bit wider. I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't want to have a little mini, mini waist. I don't care about that. I might do a bodybuilding show one day. And if I do, whatever, I'd rather have a healthy back than, you know, a bikini model waist. Right. Um, So it comes down to execution, comes down to execution of the exercises. And those are things to think of. Anything that hits and checks those boxes when training rear delt is a good exercise. Having an awareness of your range of motion when training rear delt is a good exercise. Not expanding your rib cage and driving your chest up when you're training rear delt. It's going to be a good exercise. Keep tension on the muscle the entire time. Don't come off and continually move. Uh, ninja hack that I do on the rear delt machine. There's a chest fly machine that you can face the other way for rear delt. I want to get in rear delts. What I do with that machine is I put a yoga block on my chest. Why? It creates extra distance for me to be able to get the length and protract and stay on my rear delt while I'm in that position. So the ways to build up your rear delts and your traps are going to be through creating a focus on those areas through weak point days, through training volume while building your program. Right. Um, regardless of your split. Okay. There's different ways to do it, but your form is everything. Okay. So, Chantel has asked about protein, uh, sorry, Chantel has asked about my least favorite exercises are shoulders. You gotta be kidding me. Sorry guys. All functions. All functions. My least favorite exercises are shoulders. <laughs> so Chantel's least exercise, eight favorite exercises are shoulders. But the guy at the gym said that workouts shoulder workouts are especially good for females. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how true this is, if it is, or why it's so important. So if a trainer in the gym tells you that a specific exercise is better for male or females, they're speaking too loosely. Okay. There are exercises that women prioritize more than men glute exercises, for example, a uh, a female competitor in say like bikini and all of those other and some other classes, they want to see a V taper on the woman and they want nice wide shoulders. So there are no exercises that are better for men and women. There may be exercises that give a specific appearance, that maybe a man or a woman would want. And that's probably what he's talking about is like, it's a baby, a look that women want. And maybe this guy was a stage competitor or something. And therefore trying to bring up your shoulders is a good idea for being on stage. So it's, again, there's no good or worse exercises for men or women. There's exercise that are specific to the outcome that we're looking to accomplish in our training. And sometimes women want to focus on areas that men may not, but like, I don't know guys in the chat, you guys want Jack shoulders. I want Jack shoulders. Like I bring up my shoulders. I focus on my shoulders because that's an area that I want to bring up. I want that width. I want that depth. I want that look. I want my waist to look smaller. Um, You know, relative, right? Like I got a thick waist because all the core work I did. So like I can bring up my shoulders. It'll make it appear smaller. So that's probably some of the considerations of the things that he's like mentioning. Chantel is more so for a specific look than it is like female or male. Right um and again he's probably relating it to what they look for on stage with stage competitors i gotta hustle here because i got 30 minutes and i gotta be on a uh, call with an upcoming client shortly after this so robert is asking you've said before that you don't like protein shakes what are your feelings on smoothies with protein powder I like to have peanut butter banana smoothie made with yogurt and I usually throw some oats in there chia seeds flax seeds in there as well so um when it comes to protein shakes I'm not a huge fan of drinking protein shakes personally one thing that I'll say that I see as a positive with what Robert's doing is he's throwing food in there however like me personally I would never have that. I've had very, very few clients that I would recommend something like that with. Um, Could be a thing for convenience. What are your goals? Are you out of place with your goals where you're just trying to maintain and you don't have a lot of body fat to lose? Well, then maybe out of convenience, drinking a protein shake is not a big idea, not a bad idea. But if you're trying to lose body fat, I don't think drinking calories is a great idea because of the fact that like it doesn't offer a lot of fullness and like, I don't know, I like eating my food. And I also believe that like the thermogenic effect on protein, like I think it's 30% of the protein that you consume, the calories from it are burnt from digestion. And I personally, I'm not, don't tell me, don't, I'm not quoting any research or anything like that. I just personally don't believe that it's equivalent when drinking it in a shake. Cause like if I, for example, am, if I drink a steak and I'm ill, uh, the next morning I'm ill, I'm going to probably see steak in my, um, From what came out of my stomach right Uh, i'm not going to probably see anything that came out of a protein shake so i think your body doesn't digest it the same and again i'm not quoting any research or anything like that Um, but i do know that my clients who have used protein shakes versus focusing on whole foods and meals have not had the same success of those who have prioritized meals Um, So it is, it's relevant to your goals, it's relevant to what do you want to accomplish. If you're drinking a protein shake because you feel as though that, like, you need to get your protein in and it's out of convenience, I would say, you know, can we put more of a priority on trying to consume whole foods? Um, I don't know how much oats you put in that, Robert, but like, me personally, I do use protein shakes. In oatmeal, like I put 80 grams of oatmeal in a pre-workout meal with some peanut butter and some berries. So I eat it, and protein is very fully filling. But I'm eating like 80 grams of pro. Uh, pardon me. Um, oh my goodness, oats are very filling. But I'm eating like 80 grams of oats. I don't know how much oats you're putting in your shake. I would look at it this way: if what you're doing is working, then where, why is there a need to change? I don't recommend it. I have my beliefs on it. I personally think you're better off consuming whole foods. I do like that you've got whole foods in the smoothie, uh, but I still think that there is value in chewing our foods and having to have our stomach break it down through digestion um and that's how i kind of feel about that the other thing that i can say too with like flax seeds again this is all relevant to your goals but if you're trying to lose body fat you know flax seeds are very caloric dense you know so why are they why are they in there are they in alignment with your overall daily calories are you weighing them and those kinds of things and you know or are you just eating flax seeds because you heard that they're healthy fats Just because something's healthy doesn't necessarily mean that it's healthy for your outcome of weight loss and if you are overweight i would say that it's probably more important to be in a bit of a calorie deficit to lose body fat than it is to focus on having flax seeds like that's my opinion or how i would look at it for me at least and i hope that helped bro let me know if that helped everybody was that helpful in the chat How many people? we got four people in here. eh? All right. Last week was busy. Um, Again, as a reminder, anybody who hasn't been entered into the free challenge that's upcoming, make sure, make sure, make sure you send me a DM that says shred, and I'll make sure that you get into the challenge. Okay. Uh, But you have to DM me and I'll make sure that you get in there. I'm doing things a little bit new. I talk often about like take uh, imperfect action and figure things out as you go. I'm doing some new things with this challenge. Um, So I am figuring it out as I go. Uh, So this time it's really important that everybody messages me. Sometimes you gotta try stuff and see if it works better or worse. Uh, I used to use a different messaging uh, way for the challenges and now I'm uh, trying this because uh, I want to make sure that nobody gets missed and if anybody gets, and and if you message me, you certainly won't get missed, right? Um, Matt, how does keeping track of macro intake affect the weight loss process versus just keeping track of general calories? Okay, this is a phenomenal question. When it comes to your diet, your your number one priority for your diet is going to be calories. Priority number two is going to be the macronutrients of those calories, proteins, carbs, and fats. Priority number three is going to be timing of the intake of those calories. I personally think timing... Is important in some um, aspects of like, I do think there's value in getting carbs, protein, and fat into you prior to your workout. I do think there's value of having carbohydrates and protein with no fats or very little fiber post-workout for recovery. I think it's especially important to have that if you're training fasted in the morning like the timing is more important i believe that way but that's how you look at your that's how you look at your priorities in your diet calories are king then macros and then timing i would personally say focus on calories and macros 100% focus on calories and macros the timing the effects that timing has is minimal And not all calories are equal, okay? Like protein, for example, it's harder to digest. It keeps you more full. There's a thermogenic effect. There's a caloric expenditure in digesting it. So 100 grams of protein is not equivalent to 100 grams of carbs, even though they're both worth four calories per gram, right? Um, And if your protein's not high enough, then you might not build enough muscle. If you're looking at things in the grand picture, we don't actually convert a lot of protein into muscle over the course of a year. If you can put on 10 pounds of lean tissue worth of muscle, then like how many grams of protein did you, you know convert daily? Not a ton, okay? Um, but your muscle is more than just tissue. Your muscle is water. And carbohydrate storage as well. So you can put on like you can put on like a significant amount of muscle. You've seen some of my most recent posts where like um, I've blown clients up after a cut and they still have sight of their abs and they're up like this ridiculous amount of weight and everybody's like, how is that possible? you can increase the muscle's ability to store carbohydrates and then therefore the muscle is larger it is rounder it is fuller and it has weight to it okay um but what's important when it comes to your protein is is like that it's present when your body wants to build muscle so if your protein is low and the amino acids aren't present in your digestive system and in your bloodstream when your body wants to build muscle then you're going to miss out my old coach uh, guy phenomenal coach extremely smart um works with a lot of pro bodybuilders um when it comes to nutrition more intelligent than i his approach is very his approach is like very like it's extreme Uh, hence why he's working with pro bodybuilders because that's the level of focus that they want to have but he used to always have he used to like joke around and be like um building muscle is like building muscle is like similar to a relationship and having sex in the relationship. Right. He's like, when you first start out, it's like hot and heavy. It's like all the time. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is awesome. Right. And then you get married and then you have your honeymoon. And then like, while you're like, you're like five years into marriage and it's like, ah, what time is it? You know, what stage of the moon is it? Or the kids sleeping and those kinds of things. Right. But you need to be ready to go and it's going to happen <laughs> that's what he used to joke around about so that's why protein's important and that's your priorities when it comes to food okay all right okay somebody said they're multitasking whoever said they're multitasking uh tough love there's no such thing as multitasking you can either focus on one thing or another uh, and then if you're trying to focus on two things, you're probably not focusing on either. But anyways, that's just a, a thing that I've found. So actually, I'm going to run into that quickly is like multitasking. Bonus tip. If you want to be highly, highly productive, structure like 25 minute or 50 minute blocks in your days where you're focused on one specific thing and then take a five or a 10 minute rest. Start out with 25 minutes at a time and then work your way up but do like ultra super focused on one thing and then take a little break and then focus on that one thing again you'll be highly productive because it is hard to multitask it's impossible to multitask but whoever said that not busting your chops um just a tip cliff shell cliff has said i love resistance training but i have a hernia and having a hernia surgery soon best isolation exercises that won't affect the core and worsen the hernia and how long should I wait after surgery to get back at it again? So Cliff, this is definitely a situation where like you want to be listening to what your doctor has to say, right? As far as what you can do and what you can't do. I think like it's important to ask specific questions when coming back from an injury and getting the advice from a doctor. Something like this is absolutely a doctor's specialty. A sports injury is probably more the specialty of a physiotherapist or a or a um, physical therapist or a sports injury practitioner. But like this is hundred percent, one hundred percent. Listen to your doctor. Absolutely. Um, ask specific questions to your doctor in regards to getting back. Right. So he might say. Okay, you need to take six weeks off and, and um, don't do anything. And then you can ask specific questions. Would I be able to walk after a week? Would I be able to take some short 10 minute walks a few times per day? Yeah, you could do that. Okay, cool. Do that. Okay. And then what about at two weeks? Would I be able to lengthen those walks? Yeah, you could do that. Okay. At three weeks, would I be able to light lift light? while focusing on using machines that don't force excessive core stability because they provide external support? Like, would that be okay? Very specific questions, okay? And that's the best I can advise on that. Uh, Jared is asking, what are the effects from lack of proper sleep other than low energy levels? Oh man, great question. So sleep is massive um when you go into a REM sleep that's when your body builds muscle that's when you mentally recover um it's very important like low energy levels cognition like ability to think clearly um you know like there's research out there that like or i think it was like a mythbusters or something that i watched where it was like a sleep deprived person versus a drunk person driving and what was worse and the sleep deprived the sleep deprived person was a worse driver than the um, drunk person it's huge if you're not sleeping properly you're fighting an uphill battle when it comes to losing body fat if you're not sleeping properly you're fighting an uphill battle when it comes to building muscle. If you're not sleeping properly, you're fighting an uphill battle when it comes to your cognition and your cognitive ability to think clearly. Your decision-making processes are affected. Like, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. So much research out there for, like, the effects of lack of sleep, which always makes me wonder with, like, healthcare providers who have to work like 12 like 60 hour work weeks and like 12 hour days and stuff and like why why with all the information that we have out and the knowledge that we have now why are they having doctors and nurses and people that like need to make clear fast decisions um making them work 60 hours a week 12 hour shifts and probably having to sacrifice their sleep to be able to get everything done right so I don't know why they do it, but it's always something that I have thought when it comes to sleep because of the effect that it has mentally on you, right? Um, So, huge. Building muscle, losing body fat, your mood and your mental ability are all things, right? Uh, I think it even affects blood pressure, to be honest. Bobby's asking, does carb cycling actually work? If so, what kind of cycle would be ideal for staying full without sacrificing too much? So carb cycling absolutely works, Bobby. My nutrition approach is a calorie cycling method because I I believe carb cycling is a little bit more complex. Well, I I know it's a lot more complex than calorie cycling. I also know that like the, the... like meal prepping and stuff is more difficult with carb cycling. You got to be more on point with your schedule because with carb cycling, you can have high carbohydrate days, like say like on a leg day and you can have a medium carbohydrate on like um, a chest day or whatever, like other days of the week, right? Like push pull legs, you can have medium days on push and pull and then have a high day on your leg day. Um, or you could have two high days, and are you training two leg days per week then the two leg days are your best days to do those high days the next best day to do a high carbohydrate day would be um your back your your pole days because big muscle groups um so it absolutely works 100 percent it works it is complex it is complex you need to know what you're training you need to know what days you're training you need to prepare the food in advance and then you also are going to have low calorie low carbohydrate days and honestly those suck so i cycled calories for a couple of years and i ate like ridiculous amounts of carbs on my leg days for two years Fun thing was is i ate 70 grams of sour patch kids at six meals plus i got a cheat meal on those days that was fun until my teeth started hurting and then i was like huh maybe this isn't as fun the other thing that i'll say about carb cycling when you're having massive amount of carbs like excessive carb cycling If you guys think protein farts are bad (laughs) try eating like 700 grams of carbohydrates in a day it's disgusting like you become disgusting when you do that now with some clients i will kind of have a hybrid approach with my luxury lifestyle allowance where like i do give them Higher carbohydrate days and lower carbohydrate days and their lower carbohydrate days are on off days and their higher carbohydrate days are on training days. And then they still get their cheat meal. And it's still part of like the formula and the equation that I use. And it's also dependent on their goal. I personally believe carb cycling is more beneficial for building muscle than fat loss. Um, just Um, And honestly, it's because like when you're on the low carbohydrate days, those days suck. Those days absolutely suck. I've done carbohydrate cycling for uh, photo shoot preps and I looked great, but like those preps were way harder than what I do now, which is a hybrid of, I have like, a, I have like a medium carbohydrate day and then I have like, I have a moderately high carbohydrate day. I'd have to look at it, but I think it's like, I think like on one day I eat like 300 grams of carbohydrates and then on my non-training days I eat like, let's say 200. Don't quote me on that, just rough numbers. So it's not crazy excessive. Not like where I used to eat like seven, 800 grams of carbohydrate days on a high day. And then I still have my cheat meal. I just find that like on, if you're doing like, really low carbohydrate days like really low carbohydrate days i just find them to be an absolute grind Um, and so when i did my last photo shoot prep and i wasn't doing crazy carb cycling and i was doing this like hybrid approach that i do and then i do do this with some clients as well depending on what's best suited for them and their lifestyle and stuff like that i found that my last photo shoot was my easiest photo shoot photo shoot like i slept better Because on your low-carbohydrate days, you're, like, starving and you're wanting to wake up for food and you're not sleeping well. So I slept better. I was able to do less cardio. I felt more satiated and full all the time. So, like, yes, it absolutely works. I personally believe the best way to diet, especially for general population and not somebody who's, like, going into a bodybuilding show, is my approach, obviously. I'm biased with the luxury lifestyle allowance. And what I do there is is I give you – six days per week with an allotment of calories and then on your seventh day after your photos and your weigh-ins you get a high caloric day by eating whatever you want in the form of a cheat meal and it's all part of a calculation i think i mentioned the podcast how to build your fat loss diet without sacrificing your foods on weekends episode number two check it out Um, that or with some people i will do kind of like moderately high carbohydrates on training days, medium carbohydrates on non-training days, and then still give them the luxury lifestyle allowance day. That would, that's what I personally believe is best. And it makes it easiest because your meal prep isn't insane. and mean, like it just allows for more flexibility and still delivers kick ass results. Okay. Last question is for Eric. Oh, I think Eric asked that already. Sweet. Okay, let me see if there's one more question anywhere here. Everybody in the chat, just like uh, if you could comment while I'm checking out um, if there's any more questions, can you check out? Can you let me know what your biggest takeaway or your most useful takeaway was from this? And then I think that's it, everybody. So again, if you're watching this on the replay, you're in the tribe. Make sure that you message me to take advantage of. Uh, make sure that you message me to take advantage of your uh, getting into the challenge. Sorry, I just saw a funny comment. Uh, getting into the free challenge, message me. And then lastly, there is one more question here that came up in the comments. Uh, let's say you have a water goal of two liters a day, and you drink a quarter liter in the morning and forget to drink water all day then you drink the rest before bed is it giving you the same benefits like does it need to be drank all throughout the day or does it just matter that you still drank that amount of water throughout the day i personally believe that you should drink that amount of water throughout the day i have been prepping for photo shoots where i'm drinking 10 liters of water and i get home and it has been a crazy day and i'm like oh god i'm only at eight liters of water and i chug two liters in a period of time that i can do it without like throwing it up right uh but what I would say like, is if you're having a hard time with that and you're consistently having a hard time with that, set some alarms on your phone to go off at times. Start your day off with a big, huge glass of water. I actually start my day off with two 500 milliliter glasses of water before I drink any coffee or eat any food. So now I got a liter of water into me. And if your goal is only two liters of water per day, I highly recommend three liters of water at minimum. Um, and if your goal is two, because maybe there's extenuating circumstances. Like I know sometimes some people have like a bladder issue or something that they're seeking advice, help from a doctor from and they can't drink more than two liters of water per day. And then that's a situation where you should only drink two liters of water. Aside from situations like that, I would recommend three liters of water. I'd recommend starting your day off with a liter of water two 500 milliliter glasses of water. And then I would get a two liter jug like I have here. And I would be drinking that at all times throughout the day. And I would be consciously taking my water jug with me literally everywhere I go. It's in the car. It's like it comes with me absolutely everywhere. And then you should easily be able to drink that three liters. And then if you're and and another tip there is to set alarms throughout the day. Set an alarm on your phone to go off every single hour to remind you to drink water. Okay. All right, everybody. I hope that you found this extremely useful. Everybody have the best day ever. Appreciate all your questions. I can't wait to start this challenge. It is going to be sick. I'm keeping some things secret uh, till everybody's in. um, But message me if you want in, it's going to be sick. Last year's challenge was awesome. Like I say, Steve, um, he implemented the habits of the challenge and is still implementing the habits of the challenge. And we're going to use similar habits. And they will get your results and allow for you to crush and dominate the holiday season. So have the best day ever. Appreciate all of you in the the tribe. Appreciate the vibe in the tribe. Have the best day ever, okay? Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode valuable, please give me a five-star review and share it on your social media so I can have an even bigger impact. And if you want more information on how I can help you lose 15 to 52 pounds of body fat in 12 weeks, send me a message that says coaching to my Instagram at TomTheTrainerFitness.